Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. You had Obama that was going around the country literally apologizing for American greatness. He'd come off Air Force One, the most magnificent plane in the world. Get to the bottom. We're so sorry for the things that America has done. We're so sorry for this and that. My father comes in there and says, we're going to stop this nonsense. We're the greatest country in the world. We're going to be the greatest economy in the world. We're not going to put up with nonsense. If you don't treat us well, we're not going to give you hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars worth of foreign aid. You're not going to send your criminals into our country. You're not going to come into this country illegally. You're not going to desecrate religion. You're not going to stomp all over our constitution. I'm the commander in chief of the United States. I will stand in the middle of the path. This is America. I'm going to stand in the middle because we're the greatest country on earth. And he was unapologetic about that. Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. If you're looking for a little blast of hope and encouragement, some clarity, um, if, you, if, you're, if you're tired of looking at some of the, this, the junk going on in our world, in our country, and thinking, oh my gosh, is there anything good? We got the next 45 minutes or so of just blasts of goodness. We have from the Thrive Time Show and the host of the Reawaken American Tour, Clay Clark, and the president of the Trump Organization, Mr. Eric Trump, with Yay! us today. Hey guys, good to be on. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. So good to be actually be looking at this. Most of the time we're together at the events. And so to actually see you virtually, it's, it's definitely different. We've been every, every state together. I mean, how many states? I can probably count at least six or seven different places all across the country from Oregon and Washington to uh, Arizona and Ohio and upstate New York and all over the place. So it's good to be with you guys this way. Thank you. Know, you. Broadcasting out of the infamous Trump Tower here it's in beautiful. Love it. New York overlooking and a lot of incredible buildings. If, if Clay had that level of elevation in Tulsa, he could see the entire state of Oklahoma. 
uh, from that is true. That is true. And I, I, I keep telling Eric, one of these days when they open up a Trump uh, property in Oklahoma, it's going to boom because all 77 counties voted for Trump. OK, all 77 counties wow. voted for Trump in the last presidential election. And we thought about forming a 78th county to vote for Trump, but we didn't have time. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Eric, I've posted on my Facebook in different places and, you know, friends I grew up with and stuff. They'll ask, what was it like? You know, you got to meet Eric Trump. We've had a lot of conversations like we've interviewed you four or five times live at the events. Now, and I say, it's shocking that somebody could be in in his position and have grown up in in uh, uh, like a wealthy, prosperous environment, but somehow, and I want to start with this because this is the part I don't think people get, I didn't get until I met you. Somehow, your, your, your dad, your mom, the situations, somehow you have an ability to still be grounded and in touch with regular people, the, the HVAC guy that gets up and he's wants to own his own business. Right now he's an apprentice and he wants to, like you have an ability to have conversations with regular people that do real things. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but you've been around enough to know that most people don't, especially in politics and especially in the world of celebrities and things that you kind of bump elbows with. What is it that helped in your, your best summation that kind of helped ground you in that way that you still are not weird? Just called good parents. <laughs> I grew up on the 66th floor of, of Trump Tower, right? It wasn't exactly a, um, you know, it's an, an impoverished life by any means. But, um, you know, my mom, she was from communist Czechoslovakia. She'd bring us over to Czechoslovakia every single year, literally during communism. And we saw a very different side of the world. So we might see Trump Tower overlooking Central Park on one side, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, we're in the middle of a communist country. Is definitely the only American kids that are over there seeing a very different kind of way of life. Um, my mom and dad, they put us to work really, really young. Like we went on our construction sites at 11, 12 years old. And guess what we were doing? We were cutting rebar with acetylene torches. We were pouring concrete. We were doing running conduit. We were doing electrical work. We were doing plumbing work. We were cutting down trees with chainsaws. We were, you know, running tractors, lawnmowers. I mean, every job you can possibly imagine. And we were making minimum wage. And I always say it really was great for us for two reasons. One, it taught you the value of, you know, how hard work is for a dollar. It makes you not want to blow that money unnecessarily because you just work your butt off for it, right? So we're not the kids that are taking lavish allowances and using it to go buy drugs and alcohol and other nonsense. We're saving the money because we know how hard it was right. to earn. But it also gave you a skill set. It got us kind of the building blocks of, of construction and development, what I do every single day today. So, I mean, I speak HVAC as well as, you know, people in that field. I speak electrical as well as people, I mean... I'll do that stuff in my own house oftentimes, right? I'm a, I'm a tool guy now, but, you know, my, my parents really kind of instilled that. But I think the last thing it really did for you is it made you freaking exhausted. And I think the worst thing that can happen to a type A kid is to give them money and free time. Nothing good comes out of either of those things. And so you wake up at 630 in the morning to go on construction site. By four o'clock in the afternoon, you're absolutely dead. You know, you don't want to go blow all the money, nor nor do you have the energy to because you're exhausted. And congratulations, you, you know, learn to trade. Uh, you learn to respect the people who are on the ground busting their butt every single day to make projects like this happen. Um, and it was the greatest thing my parents ever did for us. 
Man, see, that's a, such a great point. We had a conversation with some um, some friends of ours. They're young. They're in their late 20s, and they have a little baby. And so he's sitting there looking at the, his son thinking, well, I don't ever want him to have to go through the things that I went through. I don't want him to have to do the hard work that I did. And there was a conversation that we had, and you actually were brought up in yeah. the conversation because we, we've had this before. My question to you would be, are you going to give that same gift to your kids, the same gift that your parents gave to you? Are you going to do the same thing for your kids as well? Yeah, and it's, by the way, I can I can already tell as a kind of young parent, I have a five and a three year old, but it's already challenging, right? You go to CVS, they see a cute little car on the, you know on the shelf, and they want to buy a little car for two bucks, and you know it's so easy to say yes, right? Yep. Because we've done well, and you know it's doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but saying no, I think, is actually really yeah. kind of important. There's something that's going around right now, and it really catches my eye every time it does. It's you know soft times make soft men, and you know mm-hmm. um, you know. You know, soft men make hard times and um, hard times make hard men. And, you know, it, you know, and it goes around and around. And yep. I think that's really applicable. I, you know, I, I hear the story that you were kind of alluding to. I don't want my kids to have to go through kind of what I went through. At the same time, there's a flip side to that. You also don't want to baby a child so much that they have zero motivation, zero work ethic, don't know any trades and otherwise become a soft individual. That actually makes it much harder in life. Um to succeed, to prosper. I actually think the notion of kind of, you know, pushing a kid very hard, pushing a kid almost, I don't want to say till the breaking point, that sounds bad, but, you know, challenging somebody, teaching them a skill set, um, it's invaluable. I mean, it's mm-hmm. absolutely invaluable because you go out in the real world and those people who A, know a skill set and know how to hustle are going to walk all over these people who literally have, you know, blanket parties when, you know, an election doesn't go their way or when, you know, it's the softness that we're breeding into society will will actually do a huge service to, you know, those kids who are are motivated and um, and tough and have grit and have determination and have inspiration and um, are motivated. And uh, and, you know, it's, it's something that is hard to do. I mean, I'm finding it hard to do on, on my own, but it's something that I, I absolutely will do. And, you know, I think it's yeah. critical to the upbringing of a, of a child. It's tough, that tension between, you know, uh, you know, being able to have your kids stand on your shoulders and see further than, than you did. You want them to have more, you know, be more, everybody has the best intentions, you know, but it's, that is a challenge. It's why you don't see a lot of multi-generational success, you know, where, where they truly stand. It's, 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 you know, glory to glory to glory, standing on it, you know, and making it better. That's the thing that I think stands out. I, I don't know the whole crew, but you and your brother typically, you know, really stand out in that world of like the Johnson Johnson families and different, different ones where it's just like, oh, these like horror stories where you guys seem to have really grabbed the lessons of, of your dad and you know, building on them. Every day, I've told the story to play a bunch of times, but every day I'd leave my father's, you know, upstairs, 40 stories above where I am right now. And my father would always look at us in the morning. And I'm talking about guys, I'm you know, five years old, four years old, I'm Luke's age. And I'm Eric, no drinking, no drugs, no smoking. <laughs> then, you know, toward the end, after like a year, he's like, and no tattoos. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, what the hell is drinking? Are you talking about like orange juice, apple juice? You know, what, what's right. smoking? You know, you're years old what the hell smoking what, <laughs> what, what are what are drugs what are you know and and he would literally pound this into us every single morning before we went to school i mean at, at such a young age that i didn't even know what the hell he was talking about but it was just something that he cared so much about no drinking no no drugs no smoking um and also you better get good grades meaning yes. i have high expectations or, for you or you know or else you're, you're gonna make the family proud and and um, 
you know, he pushed us um, in a big way. My mom did as well. And, you know, there was there's no games. It's, you know, if we wanted a bike. If we wanted a fishing rod, congratulations. Go dig a ditch, work for minimum wage. And if you want to buy that better bike, then congratulations. Work longer hours. You know, if you yep. want to buy the cheap bike, then, you know, fine. You know, it, but you're going to pay for it yourself. And, um, you know, again, we were we were spoiled. We were spoiled with great education. We were spoiled sure. with. Uh, clearly, we lived in a lavish apartment, but it, it wasn't, you know, $100 bills weren't flying out of wallets and being handed to us as, as kids. In fact, the exact opposite. And and I went to a school where I saw kids driving Porsches. I saw kids driving Ferraris. I mean, it was, it was literally laughable coming out of my family. It just never would have would have happened. At the same time, you see so many of these kids today and they don't stand a chance because, you know, how, how could they supersede right. what they had before? How could they mm-hmm. possibly be yeah. motivated? Because you know, uh, how can they be inspired anymore? And, you know, my, my mom and dad did a hell of a job. They were, they yeah. were great parents. They were tough as hell, but they were, they were phenomenal, phenomenal parents. And, you know, that's why we're not Hunter Biden. That's why we're not doing. Yep. We got on the screen there, picture there, you know, president of the, the, the Trump organization, you know, we were coming back from an event. We had to leave early to attend a funeral and uh, we caught a night flight flying through the night and we're, Stacey and I were heading to the airport and we're in the gift shop and we're going to get some water and stuff before we got on the flight. And like, you were standing in line in front of us at the gift shop, chatting it up with the gal that worked there, like nothing. You had on a ball cap and you swear, no entourage, no circus around you, no nothing. We go and get on the, the flight. You actually sitting in the seat, right? Right beside us. You get on there, you work for a few minutes, put your hat down, you were out like a baby. We get to the the next destination. You say, Man, great. Appreciate you guys. Have a good day. You just got off the airport and took a left, and you're walking right through the airport like nothing. And this is in an, in a world where we had an NBA player recently took a picture on a private jet. Look at my life. And somebody took a picture of him changing planes at DIA because he wasn't really on a private plane. He was just yeah. trying to create the image he was more than he was. But your real life, and we were shocked to see it, is you don't have the circus around you. You really don't have a value for that mess. Yeah, Dave, I don't have time for that nonsense. You know, I travel hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of travel miles a year. I'm on a plane, you know, virtually every second day. I probably do 150 days in the air um, a year. I I travel my butt off. I work my butt off. Um, I care deeply about our company. We do some of the best hotels and golf courses and commercial buildings, residential buildings in the world. Um, At the same time, I care deeply about the mission of saving this country uh, because this country is going to hell um, under these people. All the values, our values are being eroded. Um, the meaning of the flags being eroded, patriotism is being eroded, God's being eroded, our um, constitution's being eroded, our second amendment's under under siege. And, and frankly, these people have weaponized just about every system um, that we have. And so, you know, I, I care deeply about what's on the screen, what, what you're showing right now, those incredible buildings. I built many of those buildings that are on the screen, you know, right there, Chicago, right in the middle, Punta del Este. And, um, you know, but I also care about saving this country. And that's, you know, that's why I go yeah. out and that's why I, I fight like hell. I don't, I don't get many benefits from doing that. In fact, probably the exact opposite. Um, um, but uh, I, I care deeply, and I think you guys know that because you've yep. you know come yes. to me pretty well at this point. I just want our listeners to really grab that because it is it is real. We've seen it. You're in the line at the gift shop, and you you bought a tea and some gum. You know, I mean, it's like you couldn't be more normal than that. And you've joked like you'd be you'd be a boring reality show. You know, <laughs> like like you know, you, you, it's, there's no drama at all. No, there's no drama because there's no time for drama, right? I mean, right. you know, the, the people who embroil themselves in drama don't get a whole lot done. In fact, I'm. I'm a guy who believes in, you know, virtually no drama. You know, I, I like to get things accomplished. I start off with a, you know, to-do list every single day that's about five pages long, and I crank through that list. And 
Um, I do everything I can to maximize every minute in my day and, you know, do that productively and try and figure out the balance of, you know, work and family, which is, you know, it's, it's always yeah. tough. Yeah. But, um, no, I guys, I I love it. Now, love Clay, it. I, Clay, you grew I, up. I, I, I have my laptop here, by the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Still working here. Where you're going? Laptop that from hell. I I give it to Clay Clark anytime. He can go through it, and he'd be utterly bored with what's on that laptop. There's no, <laughs> there's no slip and slides with um with uh. <laughs> there's, there's no illegal drugs. There's no. Shady no. deals with, uh, you know, uh, Chinese business people. There's no energy companies in uh, in the Ukraine. You know, it's 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 pretty boring. You know, as you were talking, you may you sound so much like Clay, you know, with his list and everything that he has going. Clay's our mentor. We speak with him every week and really try to follow in his footsteps as well. What brought you guys together? So obviously you have these beautiful properties. We're going to be at them this year. We're going to be uh, in Miami. I would we're like to Vegas. start. I'd like to start with this, Stacey, because um, there's three things. If people don't get anything else out of today's show, I've got three little pro tips for business for you. Napoleon Hill is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich, which I actually named my son after the author. So my son's name is Aubrey Napoleon Hill Clark. Aubrey is his grandfather's name. His grandfather overcame poverty. He fled South Africa during apartheid, started a very successful company. It's Aubrey Napoleon Hill Clark. And so three principles I want to teach. One is Napoleon Hill said, action is the real measure of intelligence. What? So you can gather all this information. We can all say, wow, I'm so frustrated with that, which is happening. But are we going to do something? Knowledge without, again, action is the real measure of intelligence. And knowledge without application is meaningless. Napoleon Hill. Action is the real measure of intelligence and knowledge without application is meaningless. So I looked at people on the front lines that were actually speaking out intelligently and could succinctly articulate the argument as to why America is exceptional. I kept finding Eric Trump. The second idea, the second pro tip for any business owners out there, Napoleon Hill said, render more and better service than for which you are paid and eventually you'll be paid more for less services rendered. What? Render more service than for which you are paid, and eventually you'll be paid more for less services rendered. So before I met Eric, I stayed at the Trump International in Las Vegas, where we're taking the Reawaken America tour in August. And I stayed there, and I noticed that people, there was no casino games, no smoking in the lobby, and people were paying a decent amount of money for a hotel room, and it was more expensive than some other places, not as expensive as others, but everybody loved the lobby of the Trump Hotel. Everybody loved it. It was clean, and I I, I grabbed my staff. True story, I grabbed one of my, my staff guys, Dan. I said, Dan, you got a video of this. Come in this bathroom. He goes, are you kidding me? I said, no, look how clean this thing is. You could eat. You could eat your breakfast off the floor in the bathroom. This is not yes. exaggeration. I've never talked to Eric about this, but I'm like, film this bathroom. I mean, look at the check. Somebody's been doing a checklist. And then when you ask for extra towels, they're on it. These people are prompt. They treat you like you're like, yep. almost like you're royalty there. The entire process at the Trump venues was next level. So I'm going, okay, action is the real measure of intelligence. Uh, who delivers excellent service? Who runs the Trump organizations? I mean, somebody has to run these Both. things. Yep. Who actually runs the, the brand? His father built the brand. Who's building the brands? Who's continuing the legacy? Who's building upon it day by day? And the third is this obsession with to-do lists and calendars. Because yes. nothing gets done if it's not scheduled. Okay? So nothing gets, nothing gets done unless it's scheduled. And on this to-do list idea, again, on this to-do list idea, the time will never be just right. You must act now. 
And I'm going, who is actually doing this? And who's about my age? I wanted to find somebody on the tour because, you know, some people that the media tries to brand conservatives as something that only 70 year olds do. So I was right. looking for who who can I find that works hard, that actually runs a business because a lot of politicians do not run a business and who who shares this value about getting things done, honoring their commitments. And so when I reached out to Eric to ask him to speak, I knew whether there was a funeral or a wedding or a last minute snafu, he's the kind of guy that would honor his commitment. And sure enough, in Pennsylvania, there was something that came up and Eric drove to the event. I never had a doubt in my mind. And there's so many people within both the Democrat and the conservative party that will put their name on a flyer and they have no problem not showing up. So that's why I reached out to Eric and I said, bro, you're my guy. I'd love to have you on the tour. And I knew he'd be a home run. And uh, Eric has just blown everybody's blown everybody yep. away. And that's, yes. that's why I invited Eric. Now, I don't know why he lowered his standard to say, yes, you'll have to ask him that. It's probably poor judgment there, but <laughs> it's exciting. Now, Eric, why did you decide to join uh, the reawakening events? And I met Clay and I, I loved his energy. We're, we're a family that believes in big energy and Clay has big energy. And, and frankly, we're a family that believes in, you know, execution and what this guy's done is incredible, and, and he's got backbone. There's very few people. I've come to learn this very quickly through politics. There are very few people with backbone. I mean, I remember people came um, into the White House. These were you know CEOs of you know the biggest Fortune 500 companies, and you know the wind would slightly blow to the right or the left one day, and you know these people would be running yeah. for the hills on you know relatively uncontroversial things. And there's very very few people that have backbone who can truly uh, get out there fight, um, are willing to kind of stick with their convictions, not kind of flutter in the wind, as I said before. And I met Clay and he was incredible. I mean, first of all, I think he puts on the best events. I speak at a lot of political events. I don't speak at any events that are are better. I mean, his his events are just phenomenal. Uh, the heart and soul, uh, the patriotism, the love, um, the love of God, uh, the love of country is, is really second to none. I mean, he does just an awesome, awesome, awesome job. Uh, the events are so well put together. Um, and, and last but not least, I think, you know, and I, I tell Clay this all the time. In fact, I say it a lot of times up there on stage. He's never afraid to go into the lion's den, right? So oftentimes, okay, let's, you know, let's do an event in my backyard in Oklahoma where Trump just got, you know, 90%, uh, you know, 100%, whatever it is in some <laughs> county. I mean, the two of us have gone to places you wouldn't believe. I mean, he was just alluding to one story. We went out to Portland, Oregon, where we were, um, you know, Antifa effectively tried to run through the event. They didn't yep. well because. Play. They wouldn't have done too well in that event. These, uh, these these are tough Americans and no nonsense and all military law enforcement, the greatest people in the world, first responders, awesome, you know, true great Americans. But, you know, we heard about this the day before and, you know, all of a sudden guests started canceling, you know, left and right. And Clay calls me up. He's like, hey, you guys still make it? I'm like, but I don't care if we're the last two people standing on stage. I, I told you I was going to be there and I'm going to be I'm there. Sorry. That question. I had, I'm sorry I asked the question, David Stacy. Just so you know, backstory here, okay? I'm organizing this event, and the local college said they're going to cancel their baseball games yeah. if we hosted the event. Target said they were going to shut down their stores if we didn't cancel the event. We went through two venues. We're on our third venue. <laughs> And I'm just calling through the speakers going, hey, just to confirm, you know, Lance Wall now, you're on your way. We're good. Calling because it was probably one out of four speakers were like, are you still going to have it? Are you okay? Right. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. if this is the last thing I do in my life, I'm going to host the event. And I said, so I called Eric and again, it wasn't like a dig or I didn't have any worry about you, Eric. I was just going, there was so much there. And Eric showed up and, and I tell you what. 
delivered, set the place on fire. I keep hearing the people in Oregon are absolutely they it changed the energy in that town. Well, the people there so fearless. Clay, you were giving out the hotel you were staying at and your phone and I did give out my hotel room number. I did give out my hotel room number because all this the media. (laughs) Well, the media kept the media kept saying that this is what kept happening. The media would reach out to me and they would say, "Mr. Clark, we've had some threats. Are you are you still wanting to host? This is what they do. So somebody goes on Twitter, makes an anonymous post, and then the local law enforcement says, Mr. Clark, you've had a threat. So I said, okay, I just got on stage. Here's the deal. I'm staying at the Holiday Inn. I'm on floor two. This is my number. Come and get me. We're doing it. And then people are like, is that your real number? And I gave out my cell phone number on the stage and the rest is history. But I tell you what, we, this is a time right now where I want people to think about this. President Donald J. Trump is going to go back into the White House in 2024. It is going to happen and we are going to build more and more momentum. Okay. The momentum is growing. They've, they've tried to suppress the, to try to suppress the Patriot voice. But now we have tools like Rumble and Truth Social. There is an energy that's happening right now. And many of you who listen to the show for Stacey's prophetic um, highlights and rewinds, Kim Clement, he prophesied that President Donald J. Trump will be a president for two terms. Okay, so unless I I blacked out, he's been there for one term. We had that stolen election. But I'm telling you, you you have President Trump, who arguably was the best president in American history or one of the best, followed by the worst. Yep. So people that were on the fence are waking up. And I know a lot of people are now waking up to the fact that Deborah Burks and Eric, you've seen this. She's doing interviews on Fox News where she's saying uh, we knew the vaccines weren't going to be effective, but we told the leadership otherwise. Or and I'm just going to play this. okay? because think about this. Every person that works for President Trump's organization I've met, when you go to the Miami Doral event, you're going to meet the best employees in the world. When you go to the Las Vegas International uh, Trump Hotel, you're going to meet the best employees in the world. Imagine you became president, folks. Listen, listen out there. Imagine you became president today and you've got somebody like Deborah Burks, who says who's supposed to be the top advisor. Listen to what she just said on Fox. Listen to this. It's unbelievable because she actually says on camera, I'll pull it up in just a second. She actually says that she misled the president of the United States. I mean, Fauci has admitted that he misled people about the masks. And these are people, here we go. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that. Eric, your properties are squeaky clean. You know, all the employees there. I mean, your employees aren't lying to you every day. (laughs) President Trump goes into office and you guys are surrounded by people all around you that are all playing games. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, Eric, how quickly did you recognize that there were people in that White House playing games with you guys and lying to you on a daily basis? Well, the government's a lot bigger than the White House, right? And so I, I think there were a lot of people outside of the, the specific White House building that were per- certainly part of the governmental apparatus. And it is a big, flawed, nasty, weaponized um, apparatus. There's just no question about it. I mean, you know, my father from day one, um, you know, we're going to call it the China virus, you know, in, on 60 Miss, How dare you? Don't you think that's condescending? My father goes, well, why is that condescending? You came from China. <laughs> and by the way, it probably came from the Wuhan lab, right? This is like yep. three days. Thing, right. And, you know, they're a head um, lab that does, you know, uh, viruses is in Wuhan on the same block as effectively where this, you right. know, uh, COVID virus came from. I, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it probably one probably has something to do with the other, right? And no, he said that. How how dare you say that? That is that that is that is a horrible thing. It, it came from China, guys. It came right. from China. We're gonna call it the China virus. You know, now all of a sudden, the last two weeks, 
and I likely came out of the lab. My father's sitting there saying, no shit. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> there was never a question. Three years ago. And like, I literally, I am on my, my, my phone saying, guess what? Trump was right yep. again. I mean, yeah. right about everything. he was right about the deep state. He was right about the weaponization of the system. He was right about the Russia hoax. He was right about yep. the Ukrainian hoax. He was right about the, the lies, deceit um, of, of these politicians every single day. He was right about Joe Biden. He was right about Hunter Biden. He was right about the corruption um, of their family. I mean, he was right about the weaponization of every single one of these systems, the censorship. Yep. Yep. The media, the censorship of the social media. He was out there screaming fake news before people knew what fake news meant. He was out there screaming, drain the swamp yep. before people realized there was a swamp. He woke a lot yes. of people well, up. Th- th- we're a we're really at a, at a fork in the road. And I want everything in this, this show to kind of come back to this theme of we're like a fork in the road between really life and death. When I say that, you got a party that, that is celebrating uh, how long after a child is delivered can we still terminate the life? We got another one. Your, your, dad, your dad's a proponent for, hey, we need to have bigger families. We need a baby boom in our generation. We, like there's, there's, it's, it's a life and a death. One is just destroying, tearing down. You mentioned Antifa. Let's burn. Let's break. Let's destroy. And that versus, uh, you know, a, a, another alternative, which it's is thriving. Let's 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 build new cities. Let's mm-hmm. let's create. You know, like there's an energy behind a creator versus a destroyer. And that's the thing. But the problem with a lot of people, they're in a spot right now, Eric, where uh, they, they they can't stand Biden and they don't want those policies. And so the, there's an alternative and that's called the GOP. And so by default, those guys sort of get the votes. And and the, the, the thing I would like to ask you is, I feel like the, the 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 leaders on the left actually do a better job at at working for their constituents than the ones on the right, because they're like, oh, you want you know marriage this way, you want this, you want abortion, you want these things. They actually go to work for those things. By default, a lot of these leaders on the right they get these votes, but they don't even pretend to represent the people that we've been talking about this whole show. The guy that goes to work has an HVAC company trying to raise his kids in a safe environment. Your dad does. Like, like He had an energy about him that people are like, oh, he works. I work. I get that. And you see Mitch McConnell. You see some of these guys trying to take Tucker Carlson off the air and squash free speech because he's showing footage of January 6th. You see these guys. That's not the, the Republican base does not relate to those guys. And so there's this there's this fork in the road of of. I think that they're they're trying to do everything they can to have a Republican Party without Trump and maybe even keep Trumpism in it. But but they they can't handle him there because he's going to flip the tables over in the temple like Jesus and say, we're going to work for the people that voted for us. That's what he does. You know, it's funny. I don't think there's a Republican that that runs on any policy that isn't a, a Trump policy now. Right. I mean, my, my father effectively killed every single rhino out there and, and they did Honestly, the rhinos are worse than the Democrats. I mean that yep. sincerely. I mean, the rhinos are truly worse than the Democrats. I talk about this. Absolutely. Um, all the time. Uh, my father put every one of those people out to pasture. I mean, if I start going through the list of, of names of senators and congressmen that, you know, he went after, and there's a couple left. Uh, he's been going after a couple of them this week, the Mitch McConnells of the world. And and, and there's certainly <clears> some that are <throat> around. But the party of Jeb Bush, guys, is, is, is dead. That will never yeah. be the Republican Party anymore. Uh, but people want Trump policies. Um, and, you know, some of these people and they think they can do it without Trump. I mean, the, the reality is, and, and I've been through this apparatus, I know better than anybody, you know, most of these candidates, all of these candidates, they wouldn't stand, you know, they, they couldn't stand in the firing lane 
that my father took for an afternoon, let alone Mm-mm. for a four-year period of time. Right. The, the way they went after him, they would cave, they would fold, they would be bankrupted. They would be, I mean, they tried to do all those things to us, right? I mean, that's their general kind of playbook. And that's mm-hmm. how they get these political candidates to conform. They sue them. They go after them. They disperse them. They go after their families. They try and destroy their families. They just try and destroy friends. They they, they get every soundbite they can. They, they dig up any piece of, of dirt that they could possibly get. And if they can't get it, they sit there and they manufacture it. I'm telling you, had Jeb Bush won, which he oh. had zero chance of winning, right? I mean, he had yeah. less than zero chance of winning. But had Jeb Bush won, Jeb Bush couldn't have lasted in that firing line five minutes. He would have been dead. He would have been run over. They would have broken his spirit. They would have broken his will. They would have broken his family. And he would have been out of it. You know, sometimes you need that guy who's unapologetic, who just does not care, um, who does not care if he's going to spend a billion dollars fighting these, you know, these lunatics, you know, who can't be bought, can't be sold, can't be coerced, who's incredibly stubborn, who's willing to be on PC and who's willing to fight for what they want and actually speak to those people. And, and, And last but not least, this country, I talk about it every single day. This country didn't have a cheerleader. We haven't had a cheerleader in the United States of America in years. You had Obama that was going around the country literally apologizing for American greatness. He'd come off Air Force One, the most magnificent plane in the world. Get to the bottom. We're so sorry for the things that America has done. We're so sorry for this and that. You know, Iran, let us give you another $150 billion while you chant death to America. Yeah. My father comes in there and says, we're going to stop this nonsense. We're the greatest country in the world. We're going to be the greatest econ- economy in the world. Amen. We're going to have the greatest military in the world. We're not going to put up with nonsense. If you don't treat us well, we're not going to give you hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars yep. worth of foreign aid. You're not going to send your criminals into our country. You're not going to come into this country illegally. You're not going to desecrate religion. You're not going to stomp all over our constitution. You know, yep. we're going to do it better. I'm the commander in chief of the United States. I will stand in the middle of the pack at the G9 summits or the G7 summits yep. all over the world. I'm not going to be put off to the side because we start with a you for United States of America. No, no, no. this is America. I'm going to stand in the middle because we're the greatest country on earth. And he was unapologetic about that. Completely. America came first. You know, he was, he was the coach for the United States of America and the United States of America was winning Super Bowls. Yep. And none of these other countries were winning Super Bowls. And that was his philosophy. I'm going to be the leader of the United States of America. No one that knows this stuff better than Clay Clark. Yep. You know, other people going around the world talking about globalism. Yes, America should lead the way in China and this and that. And we should be. No, America should lead the way for America. And, and by leading the way for America, lead the entire world based on strength. Yes. And he's not close to done. No. Like, like I, just... I, I feel like he was just getting warmed up. Like his shoulders just kind of getting loosened up. And he's like, oh, let me show you what we can do. When you have a builder in there, you have a doer, somebody has done something. I want to play a clip real yeah. quick because I want to get your response to it. I, and I know you've seen it. Clay's seen it. But I want to make sure all of our viewers see this clip. Um, and I want to get your reaction to it. It's a couple minutes long. But your dad's vision for the future, he's a creator. He's a builder. He's a doer. This gave me goosebumps when I watched this. I watched it twice. Uh, Let's play it real quick. Past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects that once seemed absolutely impossible. They pushed across an unsettled continent and built new cities in the wild frontier. They transformed American life with the interstate highway system. 
magnificent it was. And they launched a vast network of satellites into orbit all around the Earth. But today, our country has lost its boldness. Under my leadership, we will get it back in a very big way. If you look at just three years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable. How good it was, how great it was for our country. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. That's what will happen. Here are just a few of the ways we can do it. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government, with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one-half of one percent. Would you believe that? We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, leads this revolution in air mobility. These breakthroughs can transform commerce, bring a giant infusion of wealth into rural America, and connect families in our country in new ways. Likewise, through our Strategic National Manufacturing Initiative, which is going to be very big and very, very successful. We will turn forgotten communities into hives of industry, producing the goods we will no longer import from China. We will also have a major initiative on lowering the cost of living with a special focus on lowering the cost of a new car and lowering the cost to build a single-family home. And they will be beautiful homes. And I will ask Congress to support baby bonuses for young parents to help launch a new baby boom. Finally, I'll challenge the governors of all 50 states to join me in a great modernization and beautification campaign, getting rid of ugly buildings, refurbishing our parks and our public spaces, making cities and towns more livable, ensuring a pristine environment, and building towering monuments to our true American heroes. Very importantly, I will also make sure all of these new places are safe. We love and cherish our police. They will do the job the way they have to. It is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. I will dramatically increase living standards and build a future that brings our country together through excitement, opportunity, and success. Thank you very much. Wow. Love that guy. I mean, that wow. is so exciting. So, Eric, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are these things possible? Uh, they're possible, but but we've lost a lot of vision as a country. Um, I was over in the Middle East for, for 10 days um, about a month ago. And as I went around to different countries, I just wanted to see what was happening over there. Um, I actually came back almost depressed because what they were doing and the magnitude of their visions were um, just astronomical. Astronomical. Mm -hmm. Um, in places like Saudi, new cities were going up all over the place. The best hotels in the world were being designed 
um, the influx of capital, the investment in themselves was was just monumental, uh, monumental. They would take, as he said, they would take old dilapidated buildings, they would knock them down, and they would rebuild unbelievable state-of-the-art cities uh, with underground parking and this and the best transportation, the best infrastructure and everything else. And I said a couple of times while I'm there, I go, I, I wish the United States um, really yeah. still had this vision. And it, by the way, it's not that the United States doesn't have the vision. We have the best capitalists in the world. We have the best entrepreneurs in the world. There's no question about it. We can execute that better than anybody. The problem is our government holds us back every single day from executing major vision. And, and that's very, very sad. You know, it certainly happens in Europe, guys. I mean, Europe is, is just incredibly stagnant. Uh, you know, it's when you go to Europe, what, what do you mainly focus on? You focus on history. You never focus on, right. you know, the, the the future. You focus on history. Over there, you're not focusing on any history. You're all focusing on the future. And that's where America needs it to be. And, and I think my father laid that out very well. And, you know, one thing that rang a bell while he was going through that, I'll never forget it. I mean, it became kind of a funny little thing. But there was one point where my father literally said, you know, hey, let's try and buy Greenland. And wow. maybe tongue in cheek, you'll probably remember this. I posted a great picture uh -huh. of, of Trump International Hotel Las Vegas yep. in the middle of, of, you know, of Greenland. I just thought it was kind of funny. It became like a little, <laughs> yep. people, I remember. people remember this. You know, you get all these reporters, ha, 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 how funny. I mean, how funny of Mr. Trump to think about wanting to buy Greenland. My father goes, this is probably the greatest, one of the greatest pieces of earth yep. in the world strategically important yeah. because of, of where it is. And I mean, could you imagine going back to Louisiana Purchase and saying, oh, ha, 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 you know, they're, they're going to buy, you know, effectively the Western half of, of the United States of America for, for how True. many million dollars? Great point. Right? And so, I mean, it, it's the problem is people don't have that vision. As much of that, you know, kind of might have been a little bit of a joke. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> as much of that was a joke, when, when everybody started jumping down that his throat, oh, ha, 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 you know, Trump would consider something that was that foolish and preposterous. I mean, I imagine back in the days of Louisiana Purchase, somebody was saying the exact same thing. The, the, the point is, people just don't have vision. Whether or not that could ever come to be, I'm not saying it could, right? But, you know, how about actually having that level of thinking? You know, yeah. like how can we build those next cities? How can we improve our infrastructure? How can we stop giving hundreds yeah. and hundreds of billions of dollars away to countries yeah. that hate our guts? You know, who who follow the motto, what have you done for me lately? You know, the second yeah. guys right. we cut off international aid, these countries, they don't do a damn thing for you. Their, their memory is about two seconds long. I mean, they're willing to get the hand out in the moment. They're willing to send you big mm -hmm. kisses and praise you. You know, the second that that international aid stops, they don't give a damn about you. You know, they won't do a single thing for you. And we give way too much international aid. But but you know what? We won't invest in ourselves. We won't invest in our schools, you know, which are totally failing across the country. We won't invest in bridges, which are collapsing across the country. We won't say, you know what? You have a highway, you know, 405 in California, where every single day a, a young mom sits in traffic for three hours going to and from work. How about we yeah. double the size of it? How about we yep. triple the size of it? Why is there no damn critical thinking, right? right? And by the way, in the Middle East, if, if you see more than three cars on a road, they're adding three lanes to it, anticipating that in five years, you're going to have future demand and they get ahead of those problems. We no longer have that thinking to do those things. We no longer get ahead of problems. And guys, that's troubling for, mm -hmm. for the US. You need a leader that's got that, that vision. By the way, maybe you don't execute all of that vision, right? But at least you set out a large vision. Yeah. Cast in, 
cast in vision and talk about having families, having more children compared to a a party that is celebrating International Women's Day. You probably saw the clip yesterday with with Jill Biden and and, uh, Anthony Blinken. You know, uh, International Women's Day, uh, they give the the woman honor hero of- International uh, Women's Day, yeah, the the International Woman Courage Award. Woman of Courage Award Mm -hmm. didn't even go to a woman. It went to me. Where's the feminist movement for that I one? know. <laughs> At least let them have their day. In terms of family size, look around the world. I mean, look around the world at some of the countries that are really coming coming on hot, right? And, and, and what's spurring their growth? Spurring their growth is large families. I'm talking yep. about four kids, five kids, right? Yep. That's important. You know, when, when you have this kind of attack on the family unit, as we do mm. here in, in the United States, and when, you know, couples are having, you know, kids starting to have kids in, in, in their mid thirties and everything else, which compresses really the amount of time that you can have children yep. and the amount of children in the family goes from maybe five, four or five, you know, back in the day. And now it's mm-hmm. two, one, Hey, I'm part of the problem too. Right. I've, I've two children. I've, I'm, I'm holding even, right. But I'm not, you know, but like, that's, that's not a good thing at the end of the day. Right. Like that's, that's not a good thing for our, our country. You need you need population growth. And, and frankly, you need population growth, especially where you have an aging demographic. Otherwise, well, it is smart. that's the vision yeah. that your dad, is, your dad is casting, because when people get outside of these major cities, they go out into central part of the United States. If we're going to be expanding all this unused land that's been acquired by the government against the will of its own people, we can uh, have in, in those places, children are an asset, and not a liability. When you're in a, a major metropolis, you're in downtown Chicago. Kids are expensive and a nuisance. When you're when you're in, uh, you know, if you have a, farm, you have a farm, you got a farm, you got some lands. Get kids are work. they're an asset, you know, not a liability. That's why Dave, I, I have a couple of things. I, I have a couple of grievances I needed to deal with here with Eric. <laughs> Uh, one is he went to the Middle East and I didn't get a commemorative plastic bucket of sand. Uh, and as one of his friends, I feel like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it. I was waiting. I'm like, is the sand here yet? Is the bucket of sand. So we'll see if I get my bucket of sand. Second, uh, Dave, and for your listeners, this is just a, maybe a promotional thing. I encourage everybody to get out there and reverse that vasectomy today. Get ahead of it yes. and get that yes. baby boom bonus. Reverse that vasectomy. Dave, are you offering reverse vasectomies as a service at Flyovers? Is that something you're doing? With promo code FLY over at, at mypillow.com. You could, you could, if anybody with a mustache that manly, I guarantee that you couldn't even get one to start with. Now, third, third thing, Dave, is I, I have a plan to pay off the national debt. And that's going to be when Trump goes back in there, I just want to run the White House gift shop. That's what I want. I want that job. Yep. We'll pay off the national debt very quickly. Nobody will get out of that gift shop without a Trump hat, a Trump flag, a Trump membership or some sort of Trump. It's going to it's going to be beautiful. We're going to pay off the national debt there, Dave, in the gift shop. That's that, that's my vision for the future. You know, I mean, just listening to President Trump speak, I mean, there was so much hope that I felt like a rising in me. It's like, oh my gosh. And Eric, you said it earlier, and it's true, without vision, the people perish. And that's what we've seen over these last three years. It's it's truly been like there's just a gloom over our country. There is a huge difference. I think the the Mm. thing that was probably the most inspiring to me is obviously we know your dad won in 2020. There's no doubt about it. He won. Um, But for him to say, I'm going to run again in 2024, I'm willing to put myself through this again. Um, every, all of the arrows that he took. I'm willing to put you know, Eric through this again. I'm willing to put Eric through this again. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah, that, I mean, truly, that was that was encouraging. What was the conversation like with you and your dad when he's like, I, I am, I'm running 2024? What was that conversation like? 
you know, I, I won't use the term on, um, you know, on a, on a nice kind of family podcast, but the guy's got more, I'll say cojones or backbone than any person I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, mm-hmm. guys, the way they've gone after him for everything that you see in the media, uh, for every arrow that you've seen him, you know, take in the media, there's been 99 behind the scenes that, you know, the general public yeah. doesn't even see. They've weaponized the system in ways that you could never imagine. They go after him every single day. You see what they're trying to do to him in Georgia. You see what they, you know, the raids on Mar-a-Lago. Now, they don't do a damn thing to Joe Biden. They don't do a damn thing to Hunter Biden, despite the fact that they've had his laptop for a year and everything else. But they will raid Barron's room. They will raid Melania's closet. they They will try and destroy the lives of every single person around him. They've certainly done it to me. They've tried to destroy my life 100 times. If I had so much as a comma that was out of place anywhere in my life, you better believe I'd be in jail right now, right? And the same thing with Don and same thing with Ivanka and same thing with my wife, you know, and they attack him when they can't get to him federally as they weren't able to do because he had a loud voice. Guess what? They shut him down. They shut him out of social media. They turned off his accounts. They tried to silence his voice across the board. I mean, across the board, even quote unquote friendly, you know, networks tried to do that. And, you know, when that still didn't shut down his voice because you had hundreds of people outside of Mar-a-Lago waving Trump flags and it only kind of re, you know, energized the base. Well, guess what? You had district attorneys go after him and you had attorney generals go after him. And not only did they go after him, they fundraised on going after him before they even got to office. You put me in office, contribute to my campaign right now. You put me in office, I'm going after Trump. Mm-hmm. After what? I, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they would promise to go after him for not knowing what he had possibly done because they weren't even in office at that point. And guys, honestly, and, and despite that, I, I'm telling you, there's not a single person in the world who wouldn't have just said, this This crap's not worth it. Yep. It's not worth it. And that was the whole point of the exercise for them. They thought that they could take this billionaire and, and break him. Mm-hmm. You know My life as Donald Trump is pretty damn good. I get to fly around on incredible planes. Yeah. I have the best houses in the world. I can do whatever the hell I want. It doesn't matter. I live the kind of quintessential American dream. You know, I was 45th president of the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've done it all. You know, why don't we just break this guy, make it so damn uncomfortable for him that he never wants to do it again, make his family's life miserable try and break them apart in some way shape or form try and create division between them and you know what it only caused him to dig in more and it only caused me to frankly dig in more and and, and maybe it's kind of a masochistic type um you know reaction that we have maybe it's outright stubbornness maybe it's just foolishness i i, I don't know what it is but i'm telling you the man's more determined than he's ever been before he just does not Give a damn. He will fight every single attack in the world and he will charge forward because it's the only way to win. And guys, if they break him, no one else has a chance. I, I mean that and no, because no one else would have the resources to do it. No one else would have the backbone to do it. If You know, and, and he that's why he really is the front line of defense for yeah. our entire movement. As I said before, Jeff doesn't Jeff wouldn't have lasted an hour in nope. that seat or they owned him. They owned every aspect of him. The DOJ owned him. The FBI owned him. The institutions owned him. And he was their puppet. You know, and frankly, there's a lot of other people on the list that are either considering running right now or running right now. That would be the same thing. They wouldn't last 30 minutes under that firing line. And, you know, he's got to He's got to win this thing again. He's got to save this country. He's got to go in there. He's got to revamp the system. We, and we, I think we need it. We, we need have it. to. We have a Republican Party that's really good at going to the chicken dinners and saying the right things. They can talk pro-life. They, they know how to do it at the fundraiser, but they get the Potomac fever as soon as they get into office and they, mm-hmm. they, they just they turn into a windsock. We need a term 
with your dad to go in there, like I said earlier, flip over the money changing tables and clean right. the house and make and hold them accountable till they actually learn how to be brave again. They're not even good at doing it. They, they go in there, you know, and if you've watched any more than three politicians in your life, you realize that every single one of their little clips has been recorded in front of a bathroom mirror about 400 times. You can see them literally putting on their tie, you know, brushing their teeth, you know, trying to, you know, wing these zingers that, at, you know, that they think is going to come off as authentic to the American people. And they and they simply right. you know, all the same regurgitated nonsense about we need a leader to go to Washington, D.C. to change the system. Give me a break. Yep. Yeah. How many times have we heard that nonsense and they never do? Whereas my father's going in there saying, hey, they're sending bad people from Mexico. We better damn do something about That's it. Right. right. He's getting right. Hey, you know what? You know, these countries aren't providing their best and, and, and brightest. And, uh, you know, we might want to cut off. You know, these aren't easy things to say. Mm-hmm. They're controversial things. They're sometimes on PC things, but sometimes they need to be said. And um, I don't know of another politician who's willing to actually mm-hmm. do what it takes to, to, to fix a nation that, as my father calls, and I think he says so right, is is a nation, frankly, divided and, and, and in decline right now. And that breaks my heart to say because we live in the greatest damn country in the world and it's not even close. Totally. Eric, I wanted to interject one thing real quick here. You know, we are going to the Trump Doral in Miami. We are going there in May. Uh, which is a, a beautiful property that you've led the charge in renovating. You have the world-class staff out there. And if anybody goes to timetofreeamerica.com and you request a ticket to the Reawaken America Tour and you use promo code FLYOVER, you're entered in for a chance to win a backstage pass. And now a lot of your father's very good friends are joining the tour. I mean, Devin Nunes will be there with us, General Flynn, uh, Cash Patel, uh, Matt Whitaker. I mean, I can go on and on listing names, but I'm telling you, folks, if you want to see people that actually spend time with President Donald J. Trump, Trump, instead of hearing others pontificate about what it's like to work with him and what it's like to lead this America, America first agenda, you can meet some of these folks backstage at the Reawaken America Tour. And I would encourage you to use promo code FLYOVER. Also, we're taking the Reawaken America Tour to, to a Las Vegas, Nevada. And I've talked to your staff there in Las Vegas, and they've said, we're on pace to set records for the wow. most occupancy connected to one particular event. So I've got to do it. We've got to fill wow. it up, baby. So again, get those tickets at time to freeamerica.com. Use promo code flyover for a chance to win a backstage pass love it clay uh thank you so much for joining us today eric thank you so much for your time thank you for everything that you all are doing to help to save our country it's truly an honor to know you both we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by go you know the you know the thing we will shut you down we will cite you and if we need to we will arrest you and we will take you to jail Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. Go and get the sacred thing that God put 
This was sacred to God. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.